Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to First Bite, the Detroit Lions preview podcast based off of PrideOfDetroit.com, your SB Nation blog for all Detroit Lions things. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. You can catch me at Detroit Online on Twitter. We're here once again. It's week 10 already somehow. The Detroit Lions are what, 3, 4, and 1, I want to say. You, you can never know anymore with all these ties and, and the losses packing up but we are previewing the chicago bears a team that is also quite familiar with losses this year and we'll get to that in a minute but let me introduce my co-host ryan matthews only one t in that matthews don't forget it he's ryan underscore pod on twitter ryan how we doing i'm here and i'm ready to talk about two lifeless teams perfect that is you know what that's a great way to get our listeners hooked lifeless teams (laughs) And to talk about the other lifeless team in the room, we got our old friend, Rob Zaglinski over. He's the uh, editor-in-chief over at the Blitz Network, which is a nice little website that talks all the Chicago Bears stuff, all the depressing stuff that you're looking for, Lions fans. If you want a good case of schadenfreude, head over to the Blitz Network. Get your Bears, Phil. Rob, how we doing? This is already the most nihilistic podcast ever, and I'm so excited for it. Let's just like let's not eat, let's let's talk about football for five minutes, and then how much we hate everything and hate life. Perfect. Let's just do that. I'm down because the Chicago Bears are losers of four straight. The Detroit Lions are losers of four out of the last five. And my first question to you, Rob, is what went wrong this year? And can you please talk slowly and sensually to me? Essentially, of course, because that's just how my voice works. But, um, well, the quarterback sucks, and I know that's music to your guys, your guys' ears. But the quarterback can't play. I'm not. I'm honest. Like he's he's the worst starter in the league. I, I, that, that's not hyperbole. There's probably at least five or six backups that are better than him. You know, there was a comparison that I had. I had a, a conversation with a buddy of mine uh, a few days ago. Jay Culler wasn't good. <laughs> but just as a conspiracy, he wasn't good. No, no, he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But when he threw the ball, there was at least one person in the entire stadium that thought the ball was going to the right place. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky does that, that. Mr. Trubisky is so bad and he's so shaken and he, and he sees so many ghosts at this point that he doesn't even believe that he's going to like get a completion or that he's <laughs> making the right throw or read at this point. Like nobody, nobody believes in his passes anymore. Even he, not even, not even himself. So, um, that's really, I mean, that's the main juxtaposition or uh, that I'd like to, I'd like to clarify there. Uh, you know, the defense has regressed. 
Uh, Matt Nagy looks like a guy that will make a mountain out of every kicking molehill. Um, <laughs> but the quarterback is so bad that I just feel like it's demoralized everybody. Like there's, there's, you're not going to convince me that anyone in, ha- in that building believes in him now. And it's kind of like 2017 where they just don't feel like it's worth playing for a guy that is so incompetent at quarterback. I, I want to play a quick little fun game. Can we play a little fun game? I'll allow it. All right. It's called Would You Rather, Rob. And I would, I would like to know, would you rather have this player starting for the Chicago Bears? Ready? Mm-hmm. Nick Mullins. Yes. <laughs> he's after he's better. Start. He's better. Like, the, the game, like you, guys, you, you guys laugh, but he's better. I, I, I just need. Needed to, I needed to draw that line, and the game can end there because I was going <laughs> to say other names like Teddy Bridgewater, which is an obvious one, or Tyrod Taylor, which is obvious, or Ryan Tannehill before he became the starter. I mean, you would probably rather take Marcus Mariota and whatever's left of him, right? Matt Moore is better than Trubisky. <laughs> Matt Moore! <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. Yes. Point, point, point made. Point made. How? Well, okay, let's talk a little bit about Matt Nagy because I think I mean, everyone who was a, a Trubisky believer going into this season was kind of touting, well, Matt Nagy, really good with quarterbacks, offensive genius. He's going to fix Trubisky. This will be his second year. Um, how much blame do you put on him for, for Trubisky's failings this year? Um, see, here's the thing. Uh, let me actually bring some nuance to the analysis outside of saying that he fucking <laughs> sucks. Um, <laughs> Last last year, you know, there was still a little bit of training wheels on for Trubisky. I think Nagy had the right approach. Um, he wasn't good. I, 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 I'm still of the belief that Trubisky wasn't really good last year, but he was passable because the Bears kind of still supported him, kind of didn't really open everything up. And now, uh, year two, they've, you know, tried to do basic quarterbacking things. They've tried to make everything more comprehensive. And he can't handle it. He's overwhelmed. Um, I'm not sure how much I blame that on Nagy. I, bl- I would probably blame that more on the general manager for taking the quarterback that can't handle it. Mm. Uh, Nagy just wanted to have a professional offense, and Trubisky doesn't have the mental acuity to do that. He just doesn't. Um, the Bears, I, 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 every possession, they run the curl routes for their receivers four or five times. Because Trubisky can't make any other throws, he can't complete or he can't complete passes to receivers in stride. He can he, he's he's the he's the backyard quarterback that can only complete passes to his guys when they're standing still in place after they run five yards and turn around. So um, I don't blame Nagy as much for for what's got, what's gone wrong with Trubisky. I blame Nagy for other things, which I'm sure we'll, we'll eventually get to. I, I want to talk one more thing about Trubisky before we move on to the rest of the team. Um, the one thing that I think people thought he was kind of good at for his first two seasons was his mobility and his ability to run the ball. But this year, I don't know if it's the Bears taking it out of his hand and try to be, make him become a more um, traditional quarterback, but he's only run the, t- the ball 11 times for 46 yards. What's going on there? And, and, and was that a smart move to take, it, take that out of his arsenal? Well, I don't know if they actively took it out. I, I, I think it's more of other defenses and other teams adjusted to where, hey, this is the only thing this guy can do well. Let's make sure he doesn't do it. And so mm-hmm. the Bears had to eventually adjust. Um, 
And most of the plays that Trubisky had last year were where he would have an, a, lot of, a lot of his runs, actually, a lot of his big runs, were where there would be an open receiver at the start of the play. He would completely ignore them and then <laughs> scramble for 15 yards, and everyone was like, wow, what an athlete. Okay, but he kind of just like he, – he turned – chicken salad into chicken shit and then turned it back into chicken salad more than that. That was an actual good play. So, um, I would yeah, not eat that you chicken know, salad that had been chicken shit, by the way, that's, that's gross. I mean, the bears are, 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 are doing that. So that, that tells you the state of the team. Um, no. So I've seen a lot of people talk about how the bears could run the Ravens offense. Oh, they should do what they're doing with Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman. What? I agree. I, I think the Bears could run the Ravens' offense. All they need is the Ravens' dominant offensive line, the Ravens' dominant tight ends, and Mr. Bisky magically turns into Lamar Jackson. Just those few things, and I think they could do it. I think I, I think you could unlock the mobility of Trubisky. Wow. All you need is a fairy godmother to come along and, and turn that pumpkin into something, huh? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that, that's it. That, that's really not too much to ask. I feel like a professional team could do that, right? Yeah. They have just, to just have. Just a little magic. They have to have the, the, the financial resources to get that done in Hallis Hall. They have to. Oh, well, you know, you know you, you, when you go all in and trade for a future Hall of Fame pass rusher, which you still have to do, um, you really don't have room to do anything else. But, you know, so you really kind of have to rely on magic. So you have well, to hope for the magic. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball, because it seems like if there is one redeeming aspect to the Chicago Bears team in 2019, it's that their defense is, is still pretty good. It's still pretty good. It's, it's not historically good as, as it was last year. Um, and I think a lot of people expected there to be a little bit of a regression, but it's still, it's still pretty good. I mean, it's ranked, I believe eighth in DVOA. Um, they, they still have, like you mentioned, hall of fame pass rusher and Cleo Mack. And that's a trade that you, you make 10 times out of 10, but is, is the defense's regression, does it have anything to do with just the offense's ineptitude? Do you feel like the defense is still playing at the same level it was a year ago? Or have you noticed any, any regressions in terms of play rather than uh, like context? Well, for individual players, uh, Roquan Smith isn't as good. Uh, he did have uh, some mental issues, I, I would speculate, because we can't have full... Uh, we don't know the full details. The Bears never revealed that, but he did have some issues back early in October um, and late September. So he hasn't been as good. Um, missing Akeem Hicks hasn't helped because that means Khalil Mack faces more double and triple teams. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, they've regressed, but they're still good enough to win. This is a defense that if you did, if you had even a mediocre offense, the Bears would be five and three or six and two right now. I'm of the firm of belief of that. They've, Every game they've lost has, I believe, most of them, aside from the Saints game, have been one-score games where a mediocre, passable, even average quarterback wins that game. Um, they're not as good as they were, and now the fact that they aren't a lead anymore and can't completely carry the load where you know the onus is a little bit more on the offense to kind of push the needle back, uh, people feel the need to blame them. But they're doing everything possible. They're doing everything possible. Like, it's not... <laughs> Most of this team's issues stem from the fact that the offense can't play guys. I mean, it's, it's just, it's that simple. It's funny. I think I, <clears throat> I heard someone on Twitter mention this and, and your comments lead straight to it is just the lions and the bears. If we could somehow connect forces, even though we've been rivals for this long, if we could somehow just combine the two teams might be the best team in the NFL, <laughs> just lions offense, bears defense. 
The Bears themselves, if they if they even had Matthew Stafford, who I, who I will you know who still has no playoff wins, if they even had Matthew Stafford, <laughs> no, they they would be a Super Bowl contender. They would be a Super no, Bowl contender. No, you don't get to fantasize about that. You don't get to use your fairy godmother to come and <laughs> and snatch Matthew Stafford in the middle of the night and take him take him across Lake Michigan. That's not how this works. That's not how this works, Rob. Well, I know, I know. And then even if they did, maybe the Bears would still go 15 and 1 and then lose their first playoff game with them. So, all right. Where do we where do we go? Where do we go from here, Jeremy? <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, I'm having so much fun with all the Mitchell Trubisky talk and I need to get it out of the way before Sunday when he puts up 300 yards on this Lions defense. That's not going to happen. Come on now. Like I I, I know oh. you guys I know you guys are in your like your own little pit of typical Lions despair, but he had 10 completions last week. He had nine net passing yards at half against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. He is not going to throw for 300 yards against the Lions. Rob, I would not speak in absolutes. (laughs) And the other part of that is that this bit of self-pitying and wallowing that Lions fans are doing, is a it's tinged a little bit differently this season just because we're kind of like, I I, I would say a lot of Lions fans are at their wits end with uh, whether it be Patricia or Quinn or I mean I, I can't go beyond that because I, it seems as as though almost everybody yearly is part of an annual tradition. Everybody's sick of ownership, but like uh, the 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 problem is that things are a little they're getting a little bit less uh, they're getting a little bit less patient over here in Detroit. So it's a little bit different. Hey, just just acknowledge that our pain is different from year to year. It is different. You know, I, I'm fully, I, I have sympathy for you when you draft a cornerback that can't run and you draft a linebacker that can only play two downs. Right. I mean, I, I, I have, I have sympathy for that. But look, 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 I, that, that, that wasn't a cheap shot. Like, you know, with Ryan Pace, a lot of people haven't acknowledged that he isn't very good yet because, you know, anytime you have to trade up for, for five players that are four and four of them are average or just outright busts, you have to do it. You have to do it. So, I, we're largely in the same boat here, Ryan. Like, I'm not going to take cheap shots. I'm going to acknowledge that the Bears and who are running them are also thoroughly incompetent. Right, right. When you had the opportunity to trade up with a team that had no no interest in drafting the quarterback that you were going to take, and you have the option to take Deshaun Watson, and you had the option to take Patty Mahomes, you have to take Mitchell Trubisky. We, you know, sometimes I think about this, and I, I, I just tweeted this like 30 minutes ago. You know, what if Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes drove their great grandma's ancient four-door sedan? Like, wh- how different would the NFC North be right now? What if, what if George Kittle really liked Chipotle instead of Adam Shaheen? Like, you know, you, you, these are these are things to consider, guys. These are things oh, to consider. Goodness, I forgot about Adam Shaheen, <laughs> which is like just so perfect because I forgot about Adam Shaheen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so have the Bears. So have the Bears, rightfully so. So have the Bears. Uh, hey, well, Allen Robinson's good, right? He's the only good player they have right now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> High bar. How, how can anybody know if any of their wide receivers are good? <laughs> because well, if, see, Allen, know, if Allen, Allen Robinson still has 47 catches on this team, he must be really freaking good. Yeah, Allen Robinson is pretty great if his quarterback you know, only completes 10 passes a game, Ryan. Like, I think we can safely say that. Like, Allen Robinson is pretty good. And, and, and I, He's probably the guy I feel most bad for because he goes from Blake Bortles to Mitch Trubisky. Like, <laughs> think about be having that kind of career as a receiver. That's called AJ like, that Green guy, Syndrome. That that guy that guy is gonna ju- 
if he had a chance to jump to the Patriots or like literally or like the Chiefs or anyone immediately, he should. He really should. I mean, he's he's going to he's at least he's on pace for a thousand yards with Mitchell Trubisky as his quarterback. That's that's like maybe MVP worthy right there. Well, yeah, he like he could put that on his resume. He can be like, <laughs> look, this team only won four games, but. I produced when this guy that can't even that I can't even figure out how to turn off TVs in his own building, uh, you know. <laughs> Wait, what's I, that I, I still story? Produced, I still produced. Oh no! Today, today, Trubisky was was complaining that he couldn't find a way to turn off TVs inside Hallis Hall because, and he wanted to turn them off because he clarified that he was tired of everybody criticizing his team. And when he says that, he means more. That he's tired of everybody criticizing his play, but you know it's 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 funny to me that he literally can't figure out a way to turn off TVs. Like he can't find the remotes. So when Allen Robinson endorses himself by says, "Look, this guy can't even pick up a, a simple, can't even turn off a simple Samsung," that's an endorsement for a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> well, that was a fun segment. Uh, well, we're we're gonna. <laughs> I think we're gonna take a break before you. You got one last thing to say, Ryan? I have one last question. Like, <laughs> okay. Is is there is there any possibility that Chase Daniel starts this week against the Lions? Um, what percentage of a chance would you put that at? Thirty percent. I now, would say do that. You, do you say that just because Matt Nagy doesn't believe in analytics, or? Oh, I you know the, the same guy who who insists that he knows he needs to run the ball more. He's not an idiot. No, no, no. That's a different thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just I, I don't think I think the Bears know that it's time to give up on him, but probably aren't going to do it for another week or two. I would say it's probably you would shift it to 70 percent by the time the Bears and Lions play on Thanksgiving for Chase Daniel starts, but okay. not this week. Well, Jeremy, that's all that's all I needed to know. That's all I needed. Everybody who's listening to know is that we can feel pretty comfortable that the Lions are going to see Mitchell Trubisky on Sunday. By the way, hey. Matt Patricia called Mitchell Trubisky a great quarterback today. So no, he did not. He, no, he, he absolutely did. Um, all right, with that, we're going to take a break. When you come back, we're going to probably have a lot more schadenfreude and, and, and maybe have a self-pity off in, in the second segment, but we'll also get a little bit into the matchup because I'm sure some of you are actually still interested in the actual results that happen on Sunday. So we'll be right back. Stick with us. All right, we are back for First Bite, our Lions preview podcast. This week, we got the Chicago Bears and Robert Zaglinski of the Blitz Network here previewing, self-lamenting, self-flagellating, all of the good stuff for this matchup between a 3-4-1 and one team and a 3-5 and five team. Oh, such, such a fun game. I can't this believe This is the game of the week, right? This <laughs> is the game of the week, right? Like Joe Buck and Aikman are calling it? Right? Oh, we would only be so lucky. <laughs> Oh God! Like I would just love for Aikman to, to to get continually frustrated at Trubisky not being able to complete simple curl routes for a quarterback that averaged 19 touchdown passes a season with, with the Cowboys. I, I I I want nothing more. I want nothing more. Rob, you are in a great mood. I love this. Uh, let's let's talk matchups. Let's talk. Let's avoid the Trubisky talk for a little bit here and talk about when the Lions have the ball. Um, as as we all know, the Lions have been. Very good offensively, but pretty much only one side of their offense, the passing offense. 
the the Bears obviously have a really good defense. Pass defense is probably a little bit better than their run defense. So so Rob, how do you see this one playing out? Do you see the Bears as being pretty much the first team to slow down Matthew Stafford this year? I think the Bears will probably will probably be able to slow down the Lions. I think they'll. They, I, I think. That's probably outside of Al Robinson having a good game. I would be pretty comfortable saying the Lions will probably max out at twenty at twenty points. I'm also comfortable in saying that the Bears' defense will be fantastic in the first half and probably fade down in the second half as they're forced to play forty minutes of the of a sixty minute game. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, 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 I do think I do think the Bears will slow down Stan. I, I threw in a thinly veiled shot, and I, and I appreciate you guys not jump, j- jumping on it. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you, you say the Bears come out strong but weak in the second half because that accurately describes the Lions' offense this entire season as well. Um, See, but look, how do you get exhausted as an offense when you're playing all the time? If anything, the offense should get stronger as it goes on. That makes no sense to me. Well, it doesn't make any sense, and I think part of it is that the Lions like to think that okay, once they're in the groove of things, they can slow things down, they can run the ball more, and then that's when things go bad because they can't run the ball. And Oh, w- wonderful. I look forward to, to a three-point second half between both teams. I, I, <laughs> that, that should be very fun, then. I did not know that. <laughs> well, let, let's get a little bit deeper into... I want to talk about the Bears secondary. Um, how has the Adrian Amos, haha Clinton Dix swap worked out for, for that secondary so far? <sighs> I mean, passable. Pass- okay. No, because here's the thing. Because here's the thing. Because now you have they have like, Ha Ha Clint Dix has been good. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been he hasn't been an outright liability the way some believed he might be. But when you have two safeties like that, when you have he's essentially the same player as Eddie Jackson. He has the same skill set as Eddie Jackson. When you have two players like that, Eddie Jackson has to shift his role. Eddie Jackson mm-hmm. has to be more in the box. And anytime you can get uh, a first-team All-Pro that has scored more touchdowns than several receivers uh, in the same draft, anytime you can put him in the box, you just have to do it. So, um, I mean, it's passable because the safeties are good, but you're losing the impact of Jackson. You're losing the impact of a guy that was that played like the best safety in football last year. So... Um, I would imagine that the Bears are happy with Clinton Dix, but we'll probably be looking for another in the bo- for another actual more traditional in the box replacement come come springtime. Let me. I want to also ask about Kyle Fuller really quick because he's a guy that I, I very much respect and I think he's one of those corners in the in the division. Uh, but I haven't watched a lot of Bears games this year, and PFF has him graded pretty low. So what's going on there? Uh, well, he's being attacked more. He's be, he's uh, the Bears' pass rush itself hasn't been as great, so uh, that leaves him being more prone to being exposed. He's always been someone that's uh, been excessively targeted. So for him to maybe take a little st- another little bit of a step back after uh, after his own first team All Pro season isn't really unexpected. Um, I just. I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's anything really that oh that he's on the decline or anything I think it's I think it's a lot of extraneous factors, um, but, but you know but ask ask Bears fans and PFF is is stupid and it, it doesn't have any it doesn't have any bearing on anything right it's surely not the quarterback so. I, let, I want to talk a little bit more about the defense and specifically Akeem Hicks and him being on IR is that. 
is missing out on what he provides for this defense. What we're getting right now with the Bears defense is this the result is is not having a guy like Hicks up front and the kind of push and pressure that he provides up front. Is is that what you're seeing as kind of being this um this snowball that's kind of gathering downhill or what? Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. I mean the Bears have excellent defensive lined up. Nick Williams is probably one of the better backups in the league and Roy Roberts and Harris is no slouch, but Akeem Hicks is a pro bowler. Akeem Hicks is a guy that has had a pretty good three-year run so far in Chicago. Um, to not have a guy like that, to not have arguably one of uh, arguably the best interior pass defensive lineman pass rusher aside from Aaron Donald, uh, to not have him in the fold that that really hurts the rest of the defense. I mentioned it earlier. That means Khalil Mack faces more double and triple teams. Khalil Mack is a Hall of Famer. Khalil Mack is incredible, but. Even Hall of Famers struggle when they're constantly having chips, even when, when they're constantly focused on you can you can more easily neutralize the Bears pass rush without Hicks in the fold, you know, when you can focus it all on Mac. Um, it doesn't help, for example, you know, when Leonard Floyd isn't really much of a isn't really much of a factor either. So no Hicks means there's only one true difference maker, and it's and like you said, it just snowballs into everything. The fact that they're the fact that they've even managed to maintain a top ten level is nothing short of admirable to me. Uh, but I would I would make the argument that if Hicks was healthy, maybe the Bears would would have won two of their last four games because he just has that much of an impact on he doesn't have that much of an impact on Mac himself. Do you think that's a Chuck Pagano thing? That 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 they've maintained the top ten defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you think I, think he, I mean, I mean, it's not entirely him. Obviously, a lot of the credit, if not all of it, goes to the players. But like putting them in positions to succeed, do you think that having Pagano there is is a recipe? Is is part of that recipe? Yeah, I think the Bears probably would have been worse if they still had Vic Fangio. I was never the biggest hmm. uh, fan of Vic Fangio, um, for one, because he was very conservative when the situations least called for it. Pagano mm-hmm. on the, Pagano on the other hand, uh, he's very creative with his blitzes. He's very creative with the pressures he throws out. Um, he's more cognizant of what his players can do well, and he trusts. The, and in my mind, he trusts them more. So I do think I do think Pagano had. Um, well, he's the best coach in the Bears coaching staff right now, so he should he should deserve a lot. He should get a lot of credit for it. I'm just going to say I'm a little disappointed that you didn't say I'm not. The, I wasn't the biggest Fangio. So um, minus one point for you. Uh, <laughs> one last question on the defense before we flip things over. Um, Eddie Goldman left left last game with an injury. He's obviously another key piece of that defensive line. Do you have? I, we're, I know we're recording this early in the week, Wednesday, before the injury reports are even out. But do you have an, uh, a sense of of what his status might be this week? Um. Yeah. So, just purely speculation. I don't think it's very serious. I think I think he'll play. But you know, you shouldn't really worry too much about a run, a one dimensional run stuff, a nose tackle anyway. That's not me being snarky. It's just I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I think he'll play. I think. He'll I mean. Someday. It's it's a deal against a team that refers to it refuses to acknowledge that they're just a really good passing team and and thinks they should run the ball a lot. So, um, I think right. he'll play. I think he'll play. It's speculating, okay. but I think he'll play. It didn't seem very serious. Okay, it's their identity, Jeremy. They run the ball. They stop the run. That's what the Lions do. Except they, they listen. Not. They listen to Tony Dungy. They listen to Tony Dungy. Right. In the, in the words of my good friend Chris Perfett, they listened to Tony Dungy. Well, if they had, they wouldn't have fired their last coach. Just saying. Great. Anyways, uh, let's talk about that Bears offense versus Lions defense. Weakness versus weakness. 
the movable object versus the stoppable force. Uh, <laughs> where where do we even begin here? This is a disaster of a matchup versus, for both teams. I, is, like, it, I, is it though? Is I it mean, though? yes. It the Lions can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They're letting guys like Daniel Jones tear them apart. I, I mean... What's What's the what's the Lions like secondary ranking or like what's like their pass defense ranking? Do you have it on the top of your head? In terms of what metric, like like DVOA, I think they're eighteenth to twentieth or something. Okay, what's like their pass yardage? Like like how much how many passing yards do they allow a game? It's not pretty. <laughs> Let it's me like twenty eighth, twenty ninth. It's not good. Something like I mean, that. It's it's thirtieth. The bottom quarter, yeah, two hundred eighty eight point four. Yeah. Guys, I'm not, I'm I'm legitimately not trying to like pile on, but I, I I would not worry. I would not worry. I mean, the Eagles the Eagles had one of the, the Eagles were torn apart by every quarterback they played this year before Trubisky. So you 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 know Matt Patricia might finally look like the defensive genius he thinks he is this week. So I would legitimately not worry. Well, I think I think the Lions' game plan is pretty simple here. It's just like keep Darius Slay on Allen Robinson and and cross your fingers everywhere else, right? This is going to be the exact inverse of, say, the um, man. I can't think of the the game before the Giants game because I'm Vikings? blocking all in my head. Yes, the Vikings game. Right. Every every single Lions fan wanted the they wanted the defense to to blitz and to send pressure and to make Kirk Cousins feel uncomfortable. This is going to be the exact inverse. It's going to be like rush three every down. Maybe spy Trubisky with. Jared Davis because you know he's better when he's just like not moving and then let the secondary because I mean Jeremy we've seen glimpses of the secondary be good it's yeah. just good quarterbacks really take advantage of the fact that the Lions can't generate any pressure or push right yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean that, that's that's how future Trubisky has been you literally just have to get him to play quarterback I've never, I've never, I've never, I've never, I've never seen a guy that can turn five open receivers in a clean pocket into a sack, but he does it more often than anybody I've ever seen. And I'm a, and I've rooted and covered the bears for years. So what does that say? So, you know, he's much better under pressure. If you bring pressure, that's the worst thing you can do against Trubisky. Just make him play quarterback, make him actually read the defense, rush three, and you're probably going to be successful. Is he still suffering from Zoolander syndrome? Can he still not throw left? I think he can throw left. It's just that he can't really throw right either. So everybody kind of gets <laughs> so everybody gets that mixed up. Like he can't really throw to either side. Um, so I never really agreed to that. I re- never really agreed with that meme. He can't really throw it well to either side. To be fair, <laughs> Ryan, I have a rare question for you. If oh. Tr- if Trubisky escapes the pocket and and decides to tuck the ball and run. What are the chances that Jared Davis gets a personal foul penalty on him? Oh man, I'm gonna put that at like minus two fifty. <laughs> like there, like that is just it's gonna happen for sure. Whether or not it's whether or not it's a uh, maybe not like a late hit or a face mask or just I mean I don't it'll be something. I probably should what's, have saved that for the one thing I think I know, huh? What's the what's the Lions run defense ranking? <laughs> okay, are you sure you're not trolling right now? I feel like you're trying to. Troll. I'm really not trolling. I'm really not trolling. I, uh, I'm, I'm I'm very curious. By by yardage, they are 27th, 135 see, a see, game, you know, 4.7 to carry. I would say that's somewhere where the Bears could exploit <clears throat> theoretically, yeah. but you know, David Montgomery 
he's he's a guy that fi- that finds more ways to run into his own lineman uh, to cut back into his own lineman than actually run into running lanes. You know, a guy, another guy the Bears traded up for because she was, you know, that you believe in that he's the best running back in the draft. Um, but yeah, you know, twenty seventh ranked rushing defense. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, you you would have to be like they'd have they'd have to expand the NFL for for Montgomery to be, to be able to do well against uh, or to be able to actually find consistent consistently find running lanes. Okay. So unfortunately, unfortunately, that's that's the one aspect of of the team we haven't really touched of the Bears is is their their steep decline in, in run offense. And do you attribute that to to Montgomery alone? How's the offensive line playing? I mean, they're they're technically averaging less yards per carry than the Lions are three point six to the Lions three point seven. Uh, it's bad over there. So what? What happened? Yeah, I I think uh, so. Charles Leno has hasn't missed a start in in four years, but he's regressed heavily. He's he's just he's not very good. He's not he's 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 average. He's an average at best tackle. Um, I wasn't a fan of them bringing back Bobby Massey. They he, they gave him a contract extension in the offseason. So you have two average or below average tackles uh james daniels who i think will, will still be good will still be a pro bowl level guy eventually has struggled in a full-time position switch to center uh cody Whitehair hasn't been great and then right guard just has been an absolute black hole for the bears kyle long hasn't been good for a while uh obviously he's probably done with the bears overall after his injuries uh and then the replacement so like rashad coward as an example a defensive line convert he hasn't been great either but for as much as the offensive line itself isn't great and it has struggled, David Montgomery wastes more plays than possible. People talk that, oh, the Bears should give him more carries. The Bears should use him more. You know, there's reasons they don't use him. There's reasons he doesn't get 20 to 25 carries a game. Because I was being funny earlier, but he legitimately wastes good plays. He, at Iowa State, he was this great cutback machine, and that's his greatest detriment in the NFL. He cuts back. He jukes. When he shouldn't, when he's just when he should just run straight forward and actually take advantage of any holes they create. Um, you know, I hesitate to call a guy a bust, but he's you know, running back is a very easy position to play. Running back is the easiest position to pick up, um, and I'm pretty confident he's not a difference maker, regardless of all of the extenuating circumstances around him. He's just he doesn't have the wow factor, and he doesn't he hasn't justified being a guy that you trade up for. Um, as bad as the offensive line has been, I would still probably blame it more on him. Well, all right. I think it's time to go into our final segment, which we call the one thing we think we know, where we give out our predictions of what we think will happen, but not necessarily a score prediction, just one specific thing that you think will happen on Sunday. Ryan, I, I'm going to start with you, and I can't wait to hear, hear everyone's answer this week. Ryan, what's the one thing you think you know? I don't want to disappoint you, and I feel like I'm going to just because mine is so super predictable. But <laughs> okay. Khalil Mack is going to force at least one turnover. Oh, at Aww. least one. Taylor Decker is coming off of PFF Team of the Week performance. FYI, who did who did Taylor Decker have to block last week? Not important. Okay, all right. <laughs> who, did, always, who, did I, who did he have to block though? I don't know. Arden Key probably Cl- a little bit. Flellin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, that guy too. Yeah. As always, as always, listeners, context matters. <laughs> all right. That that's it. That's all you got for me. You did disappoint me. Yeah, I well, I'm getting good that. <laughs> Rob, what's the one thing you think you know about this matchup? 
Um, Mitch Trubisky will complete 10 passes, at least 10 passes. I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty I, you know, like I, I think, I think he can do it. I think he can do it. I'm pretty confident he's going to do it. He'll complete at least ten passes. How much more after that? I don't know. But on um, how many I, attempts? I, do think, too? I don't know, like fifty-four. <laughs> you know, as many as as many as many as he had against the Packers. Because when you have a quarterback that can't throw, you have to have fifty-four passing attempts. You just have to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. So he completed less to ten of those. In all seriousness, Rob. I want yes. to set the over under for Mitchell Trubisky's completion percentage at fifty four and a half. Are you going above or below? Oh, below! Come on now, low! <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, he is not. He is. He has no confidence. He is. He is broken. He is broken beyond repair. Like I'm. I'm. I'm half being snarky, half like he is very bad. He will. He will complete less than fifty four percent of his passes. I. I, I will confidently state that. Just for just for a little bit of reference or a point of reference, Mitchell Trubisky is completing sixty three percent of passes this season. So, well, it might it might be like the Mike Glennon type thing where he you know he checks down to his running backs for one or two yards, and then everybody looks at the box score after the game. Hey, he's really accurate. Um, it might be it might be it might be more of that than than the fact that he, that he's finding ways to to carve defenses apart. I guess we have different. Uh, visions of what carving carving up a defense actually means. All right. And the one thing I think I know is that Mitchell Trubisky is going to win back at least five Bears fans that think he'll be amazing after this game. Not saying he's going to go off. He'll probably go like around the 250 yardage range. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like there's, there's absolutely, he, he will complete. He, no, Jeremy here. I I hate to, I hate to cut this off. No, I'm I'm actually looking forward to this. He'll complete five passes. And and he could have three turnovers otherwise, and then some idiot on Twitter is gonna do the SpongeBob meme where Mitch Trubisky had a bad game, and then cut up the highlight package of the five passes he completed as like <laughs> the media doesn't understand this, the media doesn't get it. Uh, so you know, you don't. He's not. He doesn't have to win anyone back. Like he still has that. He still has that group of supporters. He's never gonna lose them. I felt. I felt like last week was a breaking point for a lot of people, though. I don't yeah. know why last week, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I felt more confident in being like, and finally going to the, hey, he actually sucks now. Welcome to the bandwagon, everybody. I was off the bandwagon after week one. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I'm, ha- I'm, happy, I'm happy that everybody's finally come around. But, you know, there's still going to be those people that will find the five, like, okay-ish plays he had and SpongeBob and Mr. Trubisky had a bad game. Just the saddest thing possible I, I see on this website, and there's a lot of things on Twitter that are just terrible. And one of the, it's easily top five saddest things I see on a <laughs> weekly basis. Well, I think one of the things that we can be happy about in terms of Twitter is that crows are not going to be added to the endangered species list, right? There is no, there is, there isn't going to be any crow shortage when it comes to Mitchell Trubisky, right? Oh, oh, absolutely not. Well, see, but you, wait, wait, are you throwing that at me? I was never a believer. How, <laughs> no, dare, no, you, no. how I, dare you, sir? Sorry, I will. I, this isn't this. This is a this is an auditory medium. So, like, I, I'm not gonna not gonna subtweet it. Like Lester Wilfong, like said that there was gonna be a crow shortage after Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky plays his 2019 season, and I'm just I'm thankful that those birds are safe. Yeah, you know, like we have enough endangered species anyway, and it's just. I'm happy the environment's going to be taken care of. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. 
I'm happy we can use those crows and, and, and their distant cousin ravens, and we still have them for all the horror movies. You know, I, I know October, October just passed, but we need we, we need that genre to continue. And, and, and thank God for Mitch Trubisky in that. Thank God. Well, you know what else is really good on Twitter? Robert Zaglinski. You can find him at Robert Zaglinski. That's Z-E-G-L-I-N-S-K-I. And again, follow all of his stuff at the Blitz Network. Rob, thanks for joining us tonight. It was it was all it was it was worth all the wait. Thanks, Junior Bear, and thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard, you had to get that in. All right, guys. <laughs> thanks for joining us on the First Bite Podcast. I'm sorry the rest of the well, you know, we're gonna have Rob back for Thanksgiving too, so um, oh, it's a I holiday blame tradition. You. It's a holiday tradition. <laughs> it's a holiday tradition now. Happy Thanksgiving. So uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy, again, the POD cast we record live after every game, 8 p.m. Eastern time, live on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. Join us then. We'll talk all about this game. It probably won't be as much of a, a sad fest as this was, but it'll be entertaining nonetheless. So join us then. Until then, enjoy the game. Enjoy the week. We'll see you Sunday. <laughs>